Yo, welcome to Monday Morning Troublemakers. It's a good day to make some trouble. It says it on your bracelet. It says it on my mug. We have uh, some news to talk about, some thanks to talk about, and guess what? April Fool's isn't over. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I am. I think we need to, we need to start this morning by apologizing. <laughs> my wife, this is not, this is no joke. So my wife goes, I'm listening to the podcast. And there was just... It was like, you guys were just a little bit too locked in. <laughs> She's like, is anything you told me true, Kyle? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're goes, way too good at faking it. Yeah, she goes, are you guys trying out for like some sort of movie thing? Or <laughs> is there an acting career for you and Paul? The funny part about the April Fool's podcast episode is like we only had like three lines of notes. Right. Like usually our show is built out. Right. We have we have article links. We have bullet points. Right. We spent some time. It's like a whole page. Well, it was only like three notes and we were kind of in a hurry. We're like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And then like just the first the first serious line that came across that we knew wasn't true. Like we both like we just locked in. We're like, OK, we're just all this is real. We were, we were in. <laughs> I think there was one moment I said to her, there was one moment where both of us kind of got hit kind of got struck at I the started same time. I did the old Saturday night live laughing moment right but but it was a key it was timely because we would have kind of laughed at that moment in most of our podcasts anyway yeah and so I think it was it was so good it was it was fun and for those that that hung around on Friday on our social media on the podcast in the email we had a lot of fun our team had a lot of fun putting it together and uh, you know, playing off some of the, you know, it, you know what I love is every joke has just a wee bit of truth to it. That's, and uh, we'll just leave joke. it at that. That's what makes a good joke, right? <laughs> Thanks for all the people that uh, could take a, a very friendly uh, trolling. You know, that's just a sign of a good relationship when you rib on one another, right? That's how you know you have a real relationship. If you can't make fun of each other, then you probably don't have that good of a relationship. Um, also, need to apologize for my echo. Several people are like, hey, you have that nice natural echo going on. I am in a new office if, if uh, you haven't been like following around the stuff. We just moved to a new building. Today's our first day in, but I moved in early. My sound treatments aren't here yet, and my ceilings are like, you know, 15 feet tall. So um, we got that nice, warm, natural reverb. Like if we were singing, mm -hmm. this would be the joint right now. We got to get right. We, have, we need we need like an acapella group in here. And, I and for this week, musicals by a so do. <laughs> People wouldn't be surprised. They'd be like, well, I guess <laughs> they wouldn't. They'd be like another day. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, also want to give a shout out to John. I don't know if we're saying last names, but John, real guy, hit 50 referrals over the weekend from sharing the newsletter. So he's going to get oh. a brand new flat brim hat on its way in the mail to him. You can get that stuff, too. If you share our morning email with your friends, you can sign up at a if you're not ready on the list. And uh, you can still go back and check out the April Fool's edition. Um, it was just a lot of fun. There were some people that didn't get it till the end of the day and they were in it. Right. They were like, oh, I didn't see. Oh, it all makes sense now. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, all right, let's roll. Let's, let's roll. Let's get news. to some stuff today. Do some serious yeah, business this I, week. You, you got to tell me about. So I didn't I didn't actually know about this. This first thing that you dropped on our show notes today mm -hmm. about the Ukrainian president um, and some cool stuff and how uh, the Grammys brought him to to their stage. Yeah. So we're talking about the Oscars for a lot different of a reason than we were. I mean, the Grammys a lot different than we were talking about the Oscars last week. <laughs> right. Um, Quite and, different. And the, these issues. So um, 
it's funny because the Grammys, they, they, they struck, um, I think, a very welcome tone in entertainment. Um, a lot of the, the hosts actually poked a little bit of fun. Um, everybody from like Questlove, you know, they were just talking about, hey, everyone stay, you know, stay in your seats, stay away from me. Like one person came up with a helmet on. So it was good to see the industry kind of so like smart. poking so fun. Um, you know, it's uh, so but I think one of the most touching moments of it and very unexpected. I think there's probably never been an issue like this where you have an, a, a world leader from another country addressing the Grammys. Uh, so Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, uh, he delivered a pre-recorded message. Um, you know, and if, for those of you who may or may not know, um, he's an artist himself. He's an actor, right. he's a screenwriter, so he's a creative. And so I think there's already like that bond of connection. And basically what he do, did was encourage the people in that room, the musicians in that room, to share the Ukrainian story through their music, to keep singing and, and really appreciating the freedoms that they have as creatives and as musicians. Um, I'm going to quote from the, the speech. It says, our musicians, our musicians wear body armor now instead of tuxedos. They sing to the wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them, but the music will break through anyway. So, um, man, talk about a heartfelt moment. You know, and you and I are both musicians, right? So this this one hits me so core, so deep because of the universal connection of music and how deep it is and and like gut wrenching, soul wrenching and connected we are by the aesthetic of music. Mm -hmm. And so for that to be a center point to the connect that the connection he's asking other musicians to allow us all into um in in the midst of in the midst of this and and i would argue that um whether whether siding on the side of russia or ukraine there is a unique capacity for music potentially to be a a way out of of conflict without um, a doubt that's a great point you know there's probably a lot of um a lot of musicians and artists that really uh, co-mingle right between the Russians and the Ukrainians, right? There's probably because just proximity, oh, yeah. culture, right? There's probably a lot of common ground there, and um, yeah, like you said, this is. I think this is an indicator and a reminder to us. You know, we talk about like let's bring it back to automotive and retail in the U.S. for a second. You know, there are these cultural ties that bring us together that are far greater than selling a car, or servicing a car, worrying about a VDP, you know, worrying about a CRM, right? They're really the deeper things that if we can connect on those things and align around those things, then we're just not only going to be more successful, but we're going to be more fulfilled and we're going to, to be more of, a, of, a, of an enriching element in people's lives. And last night, you can see it in the article. You can link up to it. Uh, we linked up to it so you can actually you know, see some of the comments that were made. But it's just a reminder that like, like in the middle of all the stuff we do professionally, creatively, whatever, it's like there's a human thread that... It's all built upon. It's yep. all built upon. You know, this is just related to a, from a business perspective is how you allow music into your business. I think is even just a, is a, is a note on this. Now you're speaking right? my love language. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there are so many ways in order to enhance the guest experience or the client experience with music. So thinking about what are we playing over the radio? What are we playing in the space? How are we bringing even musicians into the space? We, we've got uh, a couple of people that we know that um, bring musicians into the showroom. Live musicians. Live musicians in order to enhance the guest experience because there's so much that music can do. And, and you can decide how the music might actually 
change the guest experience, whether it's high energy or classical or, you know, the, the different ways in which you bring um, aesthetic in and, you know, manufacturers know this, they're all changing the building aesthetic, right? So you think about the aesthetic of the building, the aesthetic of the soundscape. These are things that businesses that high intent businesses actually focus a lot on. Now, this is this is another one, but even like scents and smells, right? Oh, it's right? a big one in hospitality, though. You, 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 yeah, you go back to you, you go to hot, uh, hotels, or you know the 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 one that everyone likes to poke fun at is Abercrombie and Fitch back in the '90s when they would spray <laughs> literally every single thing with cologne, right? Yeah. And yeah. and so thinking about your business and your brick and mortar business as an experience, mm -hmm. we've talked about this a lot. Instead of just a place to transact, allows guests to actually transition into more of an aesthetic uh, kind of feel in how their brain is approaching everything that they're being asked to do. As a retail consumer, everybody understands this. When you walk inside a store, like a, a clothing store, right? And the vibe actually puts you in a mood. You know, we, in the space that we just built out here, like I'm a big fan of having like loud, like energetic music in the bathrooms. And we also yeah. made sure we had re like lighting on the mirrors that make you look really good. Why? Because when you go to the bathroom, right, to like get some energy from the music, right? We made sure the speakers were in stereo too. Like we went all the way. We have stereo sound in our bathroom. And then when you go to the mirror and you look at yourself, you're like, all right, I feel like I look pretty good, right? You're just going to feel better. You're going to make better decisions. So I, right. I, we don't talk about music in the automotive dealership enough, but maybe this is the beginning of something because we know people who are executing on this pretty well. Um, there you go. There's your, there's your, there's your series on that. Talk anything about series. that. Come on. <laughs> Customer experience, aesthetic improvements. Um, hey, here's a little bit more of, we're going to go from like a very high level aesthetic, creative, you know, uh, ethereal thing to LIFO, last and first out accounting. Um, we've talked about this, you know, the first time I became aware of it was at our uh, year in extravaganza when uh, then chairman at NADA, Paul Walzer, talked about what, uh, what the NADA was doing to lobby. Well, um, just, I think it was just Friday, maybe, um, U.S. Rep Dan Kildee, a Democrat from Michigan, plans to introduce legislation that would provide tax relief to dealerships that use the last in, first out inventory accounting method and have struggled to maintain inventory levels because of the global, global semiconductor shortage. Reading from the Automotive News article this morning. So basically, uh, this legislation would allow dealers until 2025, right, to kind of regulate their inventory levels because it's been such, um, you know, such an unusual situation. And uh, I think this is, you know, NADA coming, coming through hard for the dealers on LIFO. And, yep. um, you know, this is kind of the blocking and tackling of the business that doesn't get a lot of play, but it's happening. Well, I, I love it because, you know, for me and, and for many in our industry, I don't care if you sell cars, service cars, anything like that. If you're not really tied to the, to the financial re reporting of the business, this isn't something that's, that's a big heads up, but it's a big piece of what um, the organizing body of dealers, NADA, is doing on a daily basis. You know, if you think about like, you know, what are they doing? That was a question for me a lot is, are they really getting anything accomplished? And sometimes the things that are necessary to get accomplished are not the the big, sexy, you know, uh, things that are challenging industry perspectives, but they're the blocking and tackling under of the running hood. a business. It's under yeah, the hood. Exactly. You know, it's like yep. when you, when you buy like, a, like an upgraded iPhone and they haven't changed the aesthetic of it at all. Mm, right. You're yep. like, I just paid all this money and it looks the same. It's like, oh, it's all under the hood. And then you use it. It's and you're like, under. oh, this works a lot better. So uh, thanks to yeah. NADA. Uh, thanks for making everything we do, honestly, under the hood in Washington, D.C. Like 
advocating yeah. and making it possible. Thanks to Automotive News for being so faithful reporting on it. It matters. And if you don't realize that it matters, we're just telling you that it matters. So we said this back in the beginning, like, what can you do? Well, ask your GM, hey, are we on LIFO accounting? Right. And if anything, they'll be like, how do you know about that? How do you know about that? Yeah. <laughs> so so if, if you're trying to move up in the world inside your dealership, ask the GM or the CFO, are we on LIFO accounting? And watch what that does for your career. You heard it here first, kids. There you go. You heard it here first. That's good. Um, go ahead. Hit the third story. Oh, what about Lithia? Holy cow. This is crazy. Okay. So it sounds like the automotive uh, news top 150 list of dealers is going to have a new leader here very soon being Lithia. If you don't know, Lithia has uh, has experienced massive growth um, due to uh, a, you know introduction of purchasing dealerships. They've gone from 87 to 278 dealerships in the last 10 years alone. So we're talking about 200 plus dealership, uh, almost 200 dealerships. That's a 320% increase in number of stores. They have pressed into uh, driveway, their gro- global brand of sales. Um, and so they've seen a sales increase from 57,000 to over 260,000. Uh, and, Which is and big. I mean, growing and growing. In- and I know some people there that they're like, oh, we're not stopping. We're going to acquire more stores. Dude, that's wow. a 500, it's 500% in 10 years. That's, I mean, it's not quite a 10X. <laughs> but it's a 5X. 5X but is come pretty on good, now. especially when you're yeah. operating at that scale. You know, there's, there's something about, um, and if you don't know, because, you know, we have some new listeners, right? So uh, um, Lithia is one of the biggest publicly traded dealer groups. So you have AutoNation, who has historically been number one for, for as long as I can remember. Penske, who has been number two. Lithia, who came in strong at number three. Lithia is now in front of Penske. Lithia is about to overtake the number one spot. You know, one of the things that, that I, I think, that I think um, is the, one of the reasons for this is that they pay so much attention to the bigger picture, especially with the development of driveway, right? They're, yep. lo- they're not look, playing just the traditional dealer game. They're like, how can we get our arms around everything that's happening in the industry and actually take measurable action toward it? And I'm not saying the other, the other publics haven't, but I'm just saying Lithia has done it in a very upfront way. When you have driveway advertising showing up on your Amazon packages. That's, I was literally about to say the same thing. Like I'm you're like, playing a different game. You are playing a totally different game. Your head is up in a whole nother way. You've got connections, ideas, innovation. And you're trying. At the forefront. And you're trying things. Yep. Right? Like you can't win unless you try. Unless you fail, you can't fail unless you try. And they're trying. And I think it's, it's paying off, right? This is not an overnight success kind of thing. Right. This is the long game. Uh, current CEO, yep. Brian DeBoer, uh, he actually joined. I didn't know this about him until I looked it up a little bit this morning. He joined Lithium in 1989 and really? he worked his way through the chain. He went through like manager training, general manager training, NADA Academy. So here's somebody he's not like coming in off Wall Street, you know, and just managing a big publicly trade. Like this is someone who has spent time on the floor selling cars, managing sales staff, managing entire store sales service. Right. He understands the business. And um, really he, he's, cool. he's a pretty astute, like, financial thinker as well. Um, one of the things a little different about the way Lithia does things, a lot of times they'll buy store and they'll, like, overlay their back-end systems, right? So, like, they'll share a P&L, um, they'll, yep. they'll get efficiency out of scale, but they'll let that store keep being that store, which is a little bit different. I don't know how much the strategy's changed since I, I knew about it a few years ago like that, but, yep. I mean, like... 
they're just savvy and and like it's very similar today and and they actually they they use these market managers to kind of manage all the relationships with that mm -hmm. um but their roll up is driveway because they realize that because they've gone at it that way they can't just roll everything down into the dealership so they're rolling up everything into driveway so it is it's still an interesting play for me because there's this you know corporate local uh battle going on but um I, I think they're doing some stuff right. if some if somebody figures out how to keep local local and still be owned like large part by corporate but still really so back in there that's uh that's gonna that's gonna be a pretty hard ticket to compete against because we always talk about right. that like hey the benefit you have is being local is that you're in the community right you're just yep. in it every day so if somebody figures out how to do that i think they'll be in really good shape i don't know i think that's enough for a monday i think everybody has a lot to talk about already Woo. we have a lot of work to do um sign up for the email list at sodu.com we have another great group of episodes coming your way a lot of content coming out a lot of new announcements let's keep bumping on monday